Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brent Bowen, Pastor Adam Mosier continue their discussion on the small call articles looking at the life of Christ and an Old Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and a faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. My name is Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osher. All right. Uh, welcome back. We're into our Bible study episodes for talking about Jesus, which is a good thing. <laughs> that's yeah. You know, it's kind of what the Bible's about, Brett. <laughs> right. That's and right. That's yeah. good. That's you exact- search the scriptures because in them you think you have life, <laughs> but it's they that speak of me. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. anyway, we're we're talking about Jesus, but we're specifically talking about uh, the servant sons uh, in in Isaiah. And uh, Adam, would you kind of give us an, an intro uh, to that? Uh, I want to throw. This is a yeah. brand new thing we're doing. We're doing three Bible studies Ooh. in one on one yeah. episode. Wow. No extra charge. Three for one. Three for yes. one. No extra yeah. charge to you, the listener. Yes, unless well, never mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> unless you want to donate, yeah. you can, I guess. Uh, and then we'd uh, have to figure out how to receive it. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. All right. So, so this is something. Yeah, we we haven't done before. Usually, our Old Testament studies, our New Testament studies, are focused on one passage of Scripture. Right. Oftentimes, just a few verses. Uh, today, we, we're looking at the life of Jesus, which uh, is when you mentioned that before, you know, you mm-hmm. search, you know, the scriptures, uh, you know, because in them you think you have life, but you know, it is they that speak of me. They think that there's something to do in the scriptures that the Pharisees do, but they, you know, what Jesus is saying is no, all of these scriptures point to me looking back to the old Testament. They're not talking about the new Testament at that point. And so the, the verses that stood out to me, and it's part of it's because in seminary I did a, uh, for, for a Isaiah class, oh, sure. I had to do a Bible study and I did it on the servant songs of Isaiah. Isaiah, and that's what I wanted to look at because the servant songs of Isaiah, uh, there there are four different um, passages in Isaiah that speak of this servant. Uh, one of the things that we need to understand, or what 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 you guys, uh, well, not you two, because we've talked about this, but our listener needs to understand is uh, there is a very interesting. I think most of us would know the servant song Isaiah fifty three, right? Um, and that whole uh, passage we. Read over Easter season, usually on Good Friday, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened his mouth like a lamb that was led to the slaughter and sheep before it shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. That whole passage, you know, by his wounds we are healed. That is a servant. That's one of the servant songs in Isaiah 53. And it's interesting because in in Jewish circles, as I understand it, and I actually asked a Jewish rabbi this question really? and it wasn't some and, and i can't remember all of how it went down but how they don't focus on that in their pericope or their their readings isaiah 53 is sometimes omitted and because of the nature of the the comparison to uh, to Jesus is what I've heard. I, I think it's more because of some of the nature of what it what it would in, implicate for things like uh, the Jewish oppression and things like that. But that's beside the point. Uh, the, the main thing here is that I asked him, so when you have something like that, when you have these servant songs in Isaiah, which they would hold to and, and basically the same text of Isaiah, what do you think the servant is then if this isn't a person? 
And they're answered. You know what it is? It's they Israel. Would say Israel. Israel. Israel itself. Israel yep. is Israel. T- itself. The nation is the servant, right? Uh, and it's interesting because in uh, in the the book itself, in Isaiah 42, and we're going to actually look at that in a different section, but Isaiah 42 Uh, Verse 19, it says, Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. Who is blind but my servant or deaf as my messenger whom I send? It's It's like Israel, he's talking about Israel there. You're right. But Israel itself has failed. And so the picture in Isaiah, and we'll get to the text here because we got to here for the sake of time, I promise. (laughs) But but the thing that we get to is this Isaiah, Isaiah passage is speaking of a servant reduced to one. It is Israel, but it's Israel reduced to one. Yep. And that is the person of Jesus. And so as we see in the New hmm. Testament, we're going to see in these passages the life of Christ, specifically his his service to us, mm-hmm. which is which genus? Oh, man. Yeah. Apotelismaticum. Oh, right. The purpose of why <laughs> he came. I'm going to try to say I that. was hoping I was yeah. going to say apostle if you're going to try it. But <laughs> you, you did. What you needed to just say, Brad, is lean in and say the third one. Yeah, yeah the, the, the third, third one. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. And so we're going to talk about the life of Christ from that yeah. perspective. So, Brett, yeah. without further yeah. ado, can we start with uh, Isaiah 42, the first four yes. verses? Yep. Let's uh, do and it. then we'll, we'll talk about that a little yep. bit. Yeah. So the, the text, Isaiah 42, uh, as Adam mentioned, one through four says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nation. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Uh, here ends that, the reading there of Isaiah 42. Amen. 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 All right. So uh, you guys mentioned it's, it's my servant, uh, singular here. Um, uh, how does this connect to Christ? Well, there, right away, there's some debate in the actual Christian church. Mm-hmm. Historically, does the first servant song apply to Israel or Jesus? And exegetically speaking, the answer to that question is yes. Yes, I was going to say yes. Yeah. So what you have in Isaiah 42, conceptually speaking, is this is idealized Israel. This is God's mission for Israel to the nations, which is Mm -hmm. one of the big whiffs of the people of Israel in the Old Testament is that they were supposed to use their status as God's chosen people to declare the mercies of God to the nations, and instead they hoarded the mercies of God. They kept it to themselves, became a source of pride, ultimately leading to idolatry, ultimately leading to... To judgment in exile. Mm-hmm. And so here, everything said in Isaiah 42, 1 through 4 can be said about the nation of Israel and God's plan for their mission as the chosen people of God, right? Mm-hmm. This is the, the nation of Israel elect by God's grace. But because also you have the singular servant, which also Paul applies that argument both to the singular seed of Abraham and here will be the singular servant, this is Jesus fulfilling where Israel failed. Now, what's interesting about this, and I'll turn it over to you, Adam, for the teaching part of this, uh, is that this represents both the nation of Israel, which at all times includes believers and non-believers, but it also represents the spiritual nation of Israel. So it represents Christian because Israel as a spiritual formation, even in the Old Testament, was always and only the people of the the promise, but even the people of the promise fail God. And so that's the setup for Jesus entering onto the scene in Isaiah. Mm -hmm. One of the things that um, 
that stands out to me in prophecy is you're interpreting prophecy. You got to understand what was being said at that time. So what you're talking about, Jason, with it referring to the nation of Israel, there is a there is the prophetic mountain range where if you yep. see mountains, yeah, they all right. look like they're of the same distance, and then you realize you get to one point and there's something further in the near mountain range or in the nearest mountain. You do see Israel, and it's very interesting when you look at prophetic language in the Old Testament. The things that they that they focus on one of the one of the big themes is justice and social justice to some degree the focus even in and this isn't a prophet uh, prophetic passage but in Deuteronomy there are several different I think something like eight to ten different places in Deuteronomy where taking care of orphan widow and an alien yeah. is that triad is put together and so here we see that idea of justice and you know to looking at he will bring forth justice to the nation uh, and then uh, in verse three he will faithfully bring forth justice uh, he will not grow faint or be discouraged until he's established established justice. Uh, and there's a law gospel piece here that needs to be, I think, brought to our attention. And one is God does care about us caring about other people. God wants his servant to be representative of doing the right thing to our neighbor. He wants us to have in our vocations the idea of doing the right thing for the benefit and love of our neighbor. That's important. Israel had that. But where Israel, could, what Israel could not do is do the kind of justice that this passage is ultimately in that next range of mm-hmm. mountains uh, th- that 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 the Israel nation of Israel cannot do, and that is to bring the kind of justice that God demands, yep. and and the justice. So, Jason, you want to talk about well, that? I, one point of clarification, just for some of our listeners who are at a disadvantage here, for those of you who grew up in North Dakota and the farmlands of Illinois, a mountain <laughs> is a tract of land that is a vastly uh. different elevation than the ra- the land surrounding it. Just so so you can conceive of that because if you look at a point in the horizon in North Dakota it, it might be a point but it also might be 60 miles away <laughs> just, just to clarify that so what was your question it's to get a really out? tall tower in, <laughs> up by your area up in North Dakota yeah, where it's, it's the radio tower theory of prophecy like where the, the, <laughs> <laughs> you walk forever and you think you're there and you're not yet uh, one of those things um, yeah that's kind of the Old Testament too um, yes what was my question? Right, no, justice. Yes. Oh, the, the yeah. theological versus anthropological justice. Mm-hmm. So theological versus anthropological justice. What, so Israel is, in fact, called to do what God has called it to do in real time. And, and like, if you read, the, a great companion to this passage in Amos is the entire, or in Isaiah 42 is the entire book of Amos, where God talks about justice and talks about their failure to do justice. And the opposite of justice is exploitation. Exploitation and oppression. And so that's the theme. So Israel's established or called to establish justice in the real world. The theological uh, conception of justice is that sin gets dealt with and that uh, mercy and grace are established. Okay, so that, that in God's conception of justice, justice is not antithetical to grace and mercy like we would temporarily or, or temporally, I guess, is, is what, you, what you would say, because God is gracious and merciful out of his justice mm-hmm. for us. And, and that's not to say, because grace is grace and mercy are, are two halves of a whole. So mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. It's God's unmerited faith. All of that wrapped into one, but God can do that because he's just. And if you have grace and mercy apart from justice, it's fickle. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and then it's not comforting, right? And, and so all of that's going, when he calls to establish justice in the earth, that has both 
a temporal Israel's ministry to the nations around it. And it has, there's an eschatological value that now Christ has established what is in fact just. Mm-hmm. And God in his grace and in his mercy is just because he has dealt with sin in a divine way. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, very cool. So how, oh, go ahead, Brett. You're no, gonna say no, you got it. Yep. I was going to just say, so in this passage, you know, and because we have to move through these fairly quickly, where do you see Jesus in, you know, what, what is in, in the life of Christ? What, what illustrations we have from the life of Christ, I should say that are, are spelled out, I guess, in this servant song. So it was a really awkward way to say that. I, I made it as awkward as I could for you, Jason. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the whole, th- this is Jesus, this is Jesus' life, death, and resurrection as a whole, right? So sure. Jesus, one of the things for us to think about justice anthropologically on the horizontal plane is to think of a rightly ordered creation. Mm-hmm. So Jesus healing the sick, that is just, that is a rightly ordered creation. Jesus um, calming the storm, that is just, it's a rightly ordered creation. And so to that effect, Jesus uh, established justice on the earth in his earthly life by being the example and the substitute for the Israelites failing to do that and the church failing to do that and all humans for all time failing to do that. We we are unjust. We misorder God's creation because it's a selfish justice. You brought up vocation, right? So the, the best Christians can do in our redemption to establish justice is to love our neighbor and our vocation, that the, the, the law is fulfilled as we love God and love others. Uh, the love we have for God isn't a legal love, it's a receiving God's gift kind of love. So that we love God by receiving his gifts of grace, by receiving our salvation in the way he intended it. We love neighbor self-sacrificially because we've received everything from God that we need. And so that that's reestablishing justice. Jesus did that in his earthly life. Mm-hmm. Is that where you were going with that? It was, it was. And, and I was thinking too, as, as you look at this, the whole idea of just and justifier we brought up a week yeah. or two yeah, ago. Romans, I can't yeah, Romans, Romans 3. Yeah. 326. Yeah. That, that God is both just and the justifier of those who have faith in Christ. And so this idea of establishing justice, this, this sense of Jesus did what was necessary so that we could be right before God is, is largely in view here, I think. And, you know, he will not grow faint or be discouraged. And, and I think actually this comes up in one of the, in one of the other ones here. But that it, it's actually a Luke phrase, kind of that setting his face like a oh, flint, like flint. Yeah. toward Jerusalem. It's like him setting his face toward Jerusalem. It's like, I'm, I'm doing this now. I'm going and I'm not going to be discouraged and I'm going to press forward until this happens. And until he cried out, to tell this die, you know, he said, <laughs> right? He, he, he was ready to go until oh, yeah. that Isaiah happened. Isaiah 50 verse 7. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I've set my face like a flint. Yep. Yeah. So you have that picture of, and, and, and then and then we're going to jump, I think it's appropriate to move on here quickly, but that last phrase, until the end, the coastlands, it said, wait for his law. There's a sense in which this is broader than the nation of Israel, nope. which is uh, also something that was a little bit controversial, I think, to the Jewish people. But uh, with that being said, Brett, yeah. would you read the second yeah, servant re- song? Let's go into the second one here. Um, Isaiah 49, one through six says, uh, listen to me, O coastlands, kind of building off of that. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, which perfect. You just, yeah, perfect segue. It's almost like Isaiah did that. Yeah, or the Holy right. Spirit. It's like yeah. it's the same author, not yeah, Deutero Isaiah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says, listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, <clears throat> you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, he who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord and my God has become my strength. He says, it is too light, is it? It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Uh, amen. Amen. In yeah. him was the light and the light was the light of men. Yeah. Right? Yeah. John Good. 1 language yep. right there at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, well, the the connections to Christ here are obvious yeah. in mother's wound. Right. You, you have a really interesting, again, and exegetically, I, I imagine that this is a difficult thing for the, for the Jews to grapple with in, in a Christless interpretation of the Old Testament. But you have Jesus, you have an individual being set in the place of Israel and then bringing Israel back to God. Yeah, Israel and Jacob bringing, bringing them back. So Israel, bring Israel back. It, there's question marks there, isn't there? Yeah. Like, how, how is that possible unless Israel is reduced to one? Yeah, so the Israel of one, kind of like the army of one kind of a yeah. thing. But, <laughs> but Jesus standing here, and again, uh, Jesus does this in our place, right? So I talked earlier when we were introducing this, the, the problem with the Jews in the Old Testament is that they hoarded God's grace instead of preaching it to the nations. They were supposed to be a city on a hill, a light to the nations, and I said, nah, we're special. And, and they, they, the, the, the distinction I always use is instead of freely giving away God's grace, they hoarded it as if it was a limited substance, mm-hmm. which explains their idolatry, that the Jews are always worried that God's grace is going to run out, so they're always chasing after other gods. It's a misunderstanding of the nature of Yahweh, so that at, at the end, God is one of the gods of the nations. He's not the God of the universe. And, and so Jesus comes and he fulfills this. He makes uh, the gospel available to all. All, but he also calls the Jewish people back to faith. And that's the whole Jew and Gentile. Uh, you will make disciples of all the nations. You shall be witnesses of mine to Jerusalem, to uh, Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. That is an offensive thing now to a Jew. Mm-hmm. You know, it's offensive that God would give his, his status. But if you go to the Old Testament, again, Amos... And Micah are your two sources of this. In Amos and Micah, God explicitly treats Israel in her apostasy as one of the tribes. Mm-hmm. No longer favored status. And so the, the Christian obsession with the nation of Israel, if you do an honest, clear reading of the Old Testament, you just can't come away with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been talking about that in, in Romans class. You know, Romans mm-hmm. 9 through 11, oh, yeah, you have right. that picture again and again <clears throat> mm-hmm. of, of how God's, well, well, the nation of Israel is going to play. See, there's going to be, you know, the, there's a partial hardening, and then the Gentiles will come in, and then the Jews will be a, a factor again. And, and, and I asked my class this year, this, this semester, I said, what, what promises are left on the table? What promises that God made to Israel are left on the table? that have not yet come to pass. 
And immediately you get the answers that you would expect. You get, well, the temple. There's going to be a temple rebuilt. You get a land. Okay. You get offspring. Sure. And then generalized blessings. Yep. They came up with it very quickly. They did They did a good job because Brent Olson, our Old Testament professor, does a good job of, of showing them what that what those promises to Abraham were. But then I said, tell me which one of these weren't, weren't yes in Christ. Yeah. Which one of these were not yes in Christ? He was the temple. He was, you know, he is the seed, the offspring of Abraham through whom the world would be blessed. He is, you know, the, the, the promised land. He is the one who brought us to, to the land that actually matters, right? That, that there is not just some sort of agricultural phenomenon or really good architecture coming in the future that he's excited about so much as it is the person of Jesus who is the temple, who is the offspring, and who brings us into the promised land. And, and, and there's that tension in the eschatology because there's a danger in trying to establish an earthly kingdom of Christ, but at the same time we proclaim the miracle of it is all is that the eter- that the perfected new heaven and new earth and eternity is a physical kingdom. Mm-hmm. But the, the distinction is that earthly kingdom of Christ is that what we're avoiding. And, and you, you couple that, all the promises of the Old Testament are yes in Christ. You couple that with it's Joshua 23 or 24. I, was say, I think it's Joshua 23 or 24, where God says to Joshua, I have fulfilled all the promises of the land to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like the sixth book of the Bible. And here it is. Yeah, and it's, and done. it's done. It's, yeah. God's like, I, I did it. Right, mm-hmm. and so it's this always this off-putting thing that we would be obsessed with a nation rather than with the man who stands in place of the nation because he stands in place of all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. When it, and, and we got to move along here if we're if we're going to be able to do this. And that, t- today's yeah. episode might be a little bit longer, and that's okay. Uh, our our listeners can can enjoy no us charge for for a little bit longer. No, but the um, the thing that stands out to me with the, the coastlands and the nations will will flock to you. Uh, um, it, it, it reminds me of the life of Jesus, what we're talking about, right, in the Schmuckold, uh, Article 1. We have this picture of Jesus who is serving, and this woman, the Syrophoenician woman, comes. And he said, "Why?" It, it, Jesus uh, approaches her. It seems super offensive at the time. He's like, I, I can't take the children's bread and throw it before the dogs. And her response was, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus is like, this woman has faith, you know, she has confidence and you start seeing these things coming. And, and then all of a sudden you, you, you see the life of Jesus, you see what he does. And he says, go to all of these places. And then he sends Paul, the Jewest of the, the, the Jewish of the Jews, <laughs> the Jewest. I like that. <laughs> the Jewest. That's yeah. probably a slur. <laughs> <laughs> that probably is. If I offended anybody yeah. or said something I'm unaware of, I apologize. But he is the most Jewish of all Jews. <laughs> you got to, he's, Stick with it, uh, yeah. yeah. He, and so here he is, and, and God's like, I want you... He, he gets, I will he, show you how much you must suffer. He, he's blinded, right? So he's blinded, and he goes to Ananias, right? On Is it Straight Street? Yeah. Where he goes, and he has to go be healed, and Ananias is like, yeah, right, I'm letting that guy in my house. Not a chance, God. And he's like, no, I got this thing going. I got no, this thing wait. going, Ananias. Just wait. I'm going to make him as a, as a prophet to the Gentiles. And he's like, okay, bring him in. Right, let's you know? do this. Let's do this. And there was Paul in his whole ministry. Ministry, all of these things as the Jew, Jewiest of the Jews. <laughs> I think Jewiest is worse than Jewiest. <laughs> I mean, the, oh. 
Pharisee of Pharisees. There, let's use biblical language. And he, here he goes out, and he's proclaiming this to the coastlands, and it's the message of Israel reduced to one that he he was proclaiming. So, Brett, can you read, yeah. and, and we might not have as much time to discuss it, but yeah. could you read yeah. the final yeah. of the first three servant songs from yeah. Isaiah 50? It, yeah, and by the way, if, if we don't get to it, uh, we're not getting into Isaiah 52 and 53, um, partially because we've talked about that in, way back in episode 61. Episode uh, 61, which yeah. is the same content. It's on the second article of the Creed. Right. So yeah. it'll be a good fit. And it's also probably the most familiar of the servant songs. Right. I think yeah. most yes. Christians yep. would be more familiar with Isaiah 52, 53. And the the illustrations to Jesus's suffering and crucifixion yeah. are very transparent. So yep. that's why we're not going to cover that in this episode. Yep. It's obviously a very good servant song and <laughs> very appropriate, but we just don't have time. Yep. So Isaiah 50 verses 4 through 11, the Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning, he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spinning. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. He who will declare me guilty. Behold, of all, all of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all you who kindle a fire, who equip yourselves with burning torches, walk by the light of your fire and by the torches that you have kindled. This you have from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. Amen. It's very Amen. interesting. Amen. If you have the Evangelism to Jews study Bible, there's actually in the column next to this one is one of those pictures of Will Smith just pointing at the cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, language in that text that, oh. boy, it's it's like you're reading John 19 or you know one of the crucifixion passages. Well, and, you, yep. and there's really a building in the servant songs where you go from conceptual to literal fulfilling of history, mm -hmm. right? And it, it, you think Isaiah 50 was explicit, Isaiah 52 through 53 is just like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the, yeah, just the, the whole story, it, it's as you could almost hear Jesus using this as a monologue. Mm -hmm. You could, you could, <laughs> it's almost as if he was the author of scripture. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Shock. Uh, no, but the, the uh, giving his back to those who strike cheeks, to those who pull out the beard, very literally, you see this. I did not hide my face from disgrace and spitting. Um, and you see all of that in the, in the gospels. This is exactly what happens. Um, but this phrase, and we referenced it a little bit ago, but the Lord God helps me, therefore I've not been disgraced. Therefore, I've set my face like a flint. It's that idea of setting the, his face, hard, you know, st stone-faced, like facing, I'm going to face this no matter what comes. Let, who, who's going to stand up against me? Who's going to stop what's about to happen here? Justice is finally going to come. There is going to be righteousness that is one. Um, and and then the, the call there is to trust, right? To trust in the name of the Lord and rely on on his God there, you know, the, let him who walks in darkness and has no light do that. Let him look to see what happens at the cross of Jesus and trust that for his righteousness, for his justification. 
Behold, all you who kindle a fire, um, you, you know, equip yourselves with burning torches. Walk by the light of your fire and your torches. If you want to go that way, go ahead. <laughs> go your own way. If you want to go with the little candle, <laughs> Thanks, or you Fleetwood can follow Mac. the light of the world. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> all the music references uh, in this arc. But no, uh, this whole idea, you have the light of the world or you have this flickering match. Which one are you going to follow? Because one leads to torment, one leads to, to absolute destruction, and the other leads to life. Yep. Uh, that's uh, there's so much more in this. Yeah. Yeah, we could we could have easily right. done a full episode on each one of the servant songs. Yeah, we we right. did it in 27 minutes. So. <laughs> and it introduced them to yeah. the servant songs yeah. that we haven't done before. So now we've taken up three good passages that we won't be able to do in the future. So we're trying to get through the entire scripture. Well, that's the hope. <laughs> Uh, All right, thanks for listening, and come back next time for our New Testament episode. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. You are all invited to the Summer Institute of Theology. It begins August 7th and runs through August 11th. It's at the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota. Join pastors and lay people from around the country for training in apologetics, congregational leadership, systematic theology, and studies in the Psalms. Find a full list of electives and registration at flbc.edu slash sit.